Hello, welcome to Slumber Party Cinema Club, a podcast for the movies that you've seen a thousand times and the silly and serious conversations they start. I'm one of your hosts, Kate. And I'm your other host, Katie. And man, that that tagline, that intro has never been truer than what we're about to talk about today, because we are going to be talking about a movie that I think every millennial woman has seen at least three times. Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen it more than that. That's that's how many times I've seen it, and that was enough. But we'll get there in a minute. Katie, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's been, as you know, fucking freezing in Chicago. Yeah, colder than Alaska. Yep. Yeah, I went outside yesterday, and it had bumped up to 20 degrees, and it felt pleasant. Felt nice. You know, the other night, I, I left my apartment for the first time in days uh, to meet some friends for dinner about a block and a half away from my house, and I was like, oh, it's not too bad out here. <laughs> it was 15 yeah. degrees yeah i'm really excited for the warmer weather to <laughs> i say warmer i mean relatively warmer but you know it, i'm excited for it to not be in like the negative or single yes. digits anymore yes i'm with you on that also i was just telling you i'll share this on air i was just telling you off air i signed up for a planner club and i went to that last night i love that for you Thank you. Yeah, it was it was great. I had a fantastic time. I met some new friends. It was mostly people who live in the neighborhood. So I met some neighbors and it got really geeky. I we talked about pins, favorite pins, favorite pencils. There was a guy there that like collects pencils, like exclusively only uses pencils. Talked about all the different like planners and journals that we keep shared our like designs and it, it was awesome it was there was a lot of creativity a lot of nerdiness it was very cool I love and we that. you know and I'm, we, not, I'm not one to yuck on anyone's yum of organization collecting pencils is a little bit a step too far for me but uh you know if that makes them happy that makes them happy you know I thought it was interesting because I was like wow that's really niche mm -hmm. and I that's cool. I don't know that I've never heard of that before. The other the other thing that kind of made me chuckle was going around the circle and kind of doing like get to know you speeches like, you know, why did you sign up? What are you hoping to get out of this? Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, what got you into keeping planners or journaling or whatever? Um, Most of us were like, I have ADHD or I'm pretty sure I have ADHD. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, th yeah, that's part of it for me too. Sort of discovering that I maybe have ADHD and I need a way to organize all of the thoughts running around in my brain. Mm -hmm. Like I imagine, did you ever, did you know about like back in the day, doctors thought that a woman's uterus was just kind of loose in her body? Yeah. Yeah. And it just like kind of ran around like when she was having, you know, hysterics or whatever. It was because the uterus was just bouncing all around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's how my brain feels all the time. Like <laughs> like a uterus just lost in the sea of my head. <laughs> lost in the sauce. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, have you you know what I was thinking about? Have you been to the movie theaters uh, so far in 2024? Yeah, I saw uh, The Color Purple at the beginning of the year, as well as The Iron Claw. Um, and honestly, I was supposed to go see Origin on Monday, but when it was negative 10 degrees outside, I decided maybe maybe we'd just hold off a little bit. But I Yeah, because I, I, I was going to go with you. 
yeah, you were going to come with me. And I did end up getting a notification that I could, you know, I got the tickets, the the free tickets through the, the film fest. But I'm actually really excited because if you weren't aware of this, uh, Sundance started up uh, last week, mm-hmm. um, meaning yesterday, but I know when we were posting this, uh, but <laughs> uh, Sundance is well underway. And one of the cool things about Sundance is that they actually offer virtual screenings. So uh, you can go online. There's a number of films that they're going to be offering. And I and they're a little expensive. It's $26 for a virtual pass to one of these films. But there is one that is so interesting to me. I absolutely have to see it. Um, so I'll be doing my own little Sundance at home uh, and watching a documentary called Seeking Mavis Beacon, which is a uh, queer Black filmmaker who was curious about the woman who modeled for the Mavis Beacon uh, software cover. And mm-hmm. for those of you who didn't grow up in the 90s, uh, Mavis Beacon was a typing, uh, it taught you how to type. And so uh, the fact that I can type, I think I'm at 100 20 words per minute i haven't tested myself in a long time but the fact that i can type really really fast is all thanks to mavis beacon but it had this like all like every mavis beacon had this this woman this uh black professionally dressed woman professionally dressed meaning uh business suit short cropped straight hair and i always just thought that was mavis like this is the founder this is the genius behind this it turns out she's a haitian model who did that job and then disappeared off the map and uh, this filmmaker was curious as to who that was and what happened to her. And so she, you know, or they, sorry, I'm not sure what their pronouns are. Um, the, the filmmaker went and, and tracked the model down. And so it's, it's kind of like a just satiates your curiosity as to, hey, whatever happened to that icon of the 90s, but also dives, is supposed to be diving deeply into our digital foot, like digital fingerprint and digital footprint um, of where we show up on the internet when we don't know it. Yeah, that's interesting. Now I'm on like the Sundance site looking at like what films yeah. <laughs> are there. And I see a Sebastian Stan film. Yes, uh, that's one of the big ones. I'm not sure if they still have virtual passes left for that, but I wouldn't mind seeing that one too. Yeah, there's also a film called Better Angels, The Gospel According to Tammy Faye, who I love. Mm -hmm. You could watch the movie and maybe uh, not live tweet about it because we deleted our Twitter finally. We did. (laughs) Um, If you didn't see that on Instagram, us talking about that. We have threads now. Woohoo! So if you're on threads, you should look us up. Uh, same handle as Instagram, SP Cinema Club. Um, so we'll be chatting there from now yeah. on instead of Twitter. There and Instagram. I will definitely be trying to uh, do Oscar night again, because that's a whole other thing we could talk about in this episode, I think, is is the award scene right now and the surprises and the predictions and all that fun stuff. But I think that the movie we, first off, the reason we jumped off Twitter, if you missed it on our Instagram story, which did disappear about 24 hours ago. So I don't blame you if you missed it. Um, <laughs> there was a group that was paying and Twitter, Twitter, well, sorry, X was gladly taking their money uh, to sponsor a hashtag, uh, hashtag destroy DEI. And so I have a real issue with that, even though I know that corporate DEI has bastardized the entire concept of equity and inclusion uh, to make companies feel like they're doing something when they're really doing nothing. Um, and not all companies, but a good number of companies. Uh, that's just my perspective as someone who's trying to actually do the work. 
Um, Mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, the, the, that was just like the last straw truly. <laughs> and I was like, Katie, we're deleting this now. <laughs> yep. That's it. That was, that was the nail in the coffin. That was it. That was the end for us. So yeah. So we, we are now officially just over on threads, uh, but we could talk and talk and talk about that. And maybe it will come up because that is something I want to like brush on about this movie. But Katie, uh, do you want to introduce what film we're talking about today? I would love to. So today's film is, um, came out my junior year of high school. So 2004, it is a comedy. It is quite quotable. It has a new version currently out in theaters but we're talking about the old version today we are talking about mean girls it is truly baffling that came out 20 years ago yeah i don't want to think about that <laughs> because it, it came out i think 2004 was my freshman year of college so uh -huh. or not of college my freshman year of high school um yeah. so you want to talk about a movie that like i don't know had i seen it i probably would have asked my mom to hold like homeschool me honestly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was already well into high school when this came out. I know you and I sort of teased each other with via text with like controversial opinions about the movie. <laughs> I don't even know if they're that controversial anymore. I feel like pretty much uh, if you point out anything that might be kind of wrong with an old movie, it's it becomes the hot take, but not controversial. <laughs> I saw when I was doing some like research, I saw a lot of things that didn't age well about the original Mean Girls or difference mm. between Mean Girls 2004 and 2024. Tina Fey has even done a number of interviews talking about how this re, you know, revisit to the movie was their opportunity to right some of the wrongs from the original. Mm -hmm. And I know like the biggest difference, and honestly, this took me probably up until like a couple weeks ago to figure this out, that the new movie is actually a version of the musical. Yes. I I didn't understand. I knew there was like a new Mean Girls coming out, but I I think I just assumed like it was a reboot or a sequel, even though there is a Mean Girls 2, but no one fucking pays attention to that. But yeah, I was just like, oh, why are we doing like, why are we bringing this back and like trying to do a sequel or extend it out? Like, but no, it is the musical version. Yes. Yeah, it's a the musical that was on Broadway that mm -hmm. came to Chicago for a short minute. Um, they they've uh, they made that into a movie, but this is another case of the studios thinking that no one's going to go see a musical, so they don't advertise things as musicals. So that's why you see. I think the color purple was pretty clear that it was a musical. Oh yeah, for sure. People did not realize that Wonka was a musical. Mm -hmm. And I guess people didn't realize Mean Girls was a musical, even though the number one trailer that was showing has Regina George singing the line, my name is Regina George. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. I didn't actually watch the trailer until recently either. But the other thing is that right now there's like, I guess there there's like a trend now of people videoing in the movie theater when the first song kicks in and the audible groan come from coming from the audience. Yes, I've seen that. And I have the same, probably a similar reaction. Like, how did you not know what you were seeing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I know not everybody loves musicals. And that's fine. I'm, I, yeah. But we're going to be talking about the original because neither of us have seen the musical. And I honestly haven't listened to any of the music either because I'm not the biggest fan of movies being made into Broadway musicals for the cash grab. So, yeah, I have a lot of opinions about like this trend with Broadway lately where they're turning a lot of they're just doing a lot of 
movies into musicals, but Mm -hmm. that's a whole other conversation. So yeah, we'll stick to, or we'll try to stick to the 2004 version. So I remember that I saw the movie in theaters. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who I saw it with, but I do remember walking out of the movie and not really liking it that much. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't see it because it was absolutely not a movie I had any interest in when I was that age. I always liked teen movies, especially when I was that age. And yeah, I remember walking down the movie, not thinking it was very funny. I was like, the only joke I laughed at, which I still think is the funniest joke of the movie to this day, is the part where they're all in the girls' bathroom and the um, character of Damien's in there. And this girl is like, "You, this is the girls' room. You can't be in here. And he just yells at her, oh, my God, Danny DeVito, I loved your work. <laughs> Cracked my shit up. <laughs> I was like, that's the only part that was funny. But I've changed my mind since. I changed your mind since. Okay. Yeah. I saw it again and like, you know, many times after that. And I think it's a funny movie. I think it has, I think it makes some good points. Yeah. But... I remember I had not seen it in high school. I knew some of the, the jokes, right? I mean, it was impossible to go through high school and not know some of the jokes when it came out in your freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew like the, the joke, what was it? Um, well, my, on Wednesdays we wear pink was big, um, mm-hmm. October 3rd. I don't remember that being a thing in high school, but I do remember it being a thing in college. Cause one of my roommates birthday was October 3rd. <gasps> Me too. My college roommate's <laughs> birthday was October 3rd. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I just remembered October 3rd. Cause I believed that was the day that the Evanescence open door album came out my sophomore year of high school. And so <laughs> that, it. that date was like solidified in my head. Um, but yeah, I didn't see this thing until like the whole movie until I was, think probably a summer in between freshman and sophomore year or sophomore and junior year of college because I was working at the library and Mm -hmm. when you work at a library you have access to their dvd section and when you're there every single day it's really easy to take out a movie take it home and bring it back pretty much using the library like a mail like what mail order netflix was at the time yeah um and so eventually I was like you know what I just need to finally watch mean girls because I feel like I've missed out on this. So I watched it. And yeah, I came away with the same thing. I was like, it's funny. I think I'm too old for this. I definitely think you watch movies like that as an older person, even like out of high school. And you're kind of like, all you have to do is just like not engage with stuff. It's not that important. But, you know, when you're a teenager, when you're in high school, like that's your whole world. You feel like this is how everything is going to be forever. Yeah, and you know, I think that that's a really good point because that's like the key thing in the movie, right? In the very end, after all this drama between the Mean Girls and, you know, Katie and her friends and her true friends um, and all of the drama gets done with, like, it's like, oh yeah, and the next year, <laughs> like, these clicks didn't exist. They all went on to do their own thing. It, it was truly a snapshot of one year of high school. And mm-hmm. so the the takeaway from the movie is that things can change on a dime when you're a teenager. Yeah, exactly. The lesson that they all learned was we can be who we are. We don't we don't have to be performing all the mm-hmm. time. The other thing that I really like about this movie, because you sort of see it at face value. And I know this movie was modeled a little bit off like the movie Heathers. Did you ever see mm-hmm. that? Oh, yeah. Love never- Heathers. 
I've never seen Heather's. And Heather's, I want I want you to watch Heather's so we can we can do an episode on it because it's another one where it didn't there is like the the very end does not feel comfortable watching, especially now. But you have to remember when it was made. Okay. Which was pre-Columbine. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I well, and I love Winona Ryder. And I love Christian Slater. I just oh, never... he's at his cutest in this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, yeah, lazy movie watcher. Never, never watched it. But one of the things that I really love about this movie in particular, which I think is sort of separated from even earlier aughts and 90s teen movies or even 80s teen movies, the mean girls aren't just the popular girls. Like the mm-hmm. mean girls are literally every girl. Like, yeah. Every girl has it in her to be a mean girl in a different way within their different cliques. And I think that's very relevant and important because I remember in high school, I was definitely not in the cool kids group. Yet there were still definitely mean girl moments between the people that I was friends with. Oh, yeah. And like there were mean girl moments that I had. There were mean girl moments that people had toward me. Yeah, it didn't just stop with the cool girls. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's something that I really like about that movie is that everybody's the mean girl. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I would say with the exception of one character, that's Kevin Nepore. Yeah, he's not a mean girl. He's not. No, Kevin is. Kevin's the hero of this movie for me. And I'm still really pissed that. The actor who played Kevin Nepore has been in absolutely nothing, despite his best efforts. Yeah, he was really funny in that. He was amazing. So I just today I was because I was like, whatever happened to him? Like, did he go into like producing or directing? No, he like he did that Walmart Black Friday commercial. And like, that's pretty much it since Mean Girls. Um, But I read a thing that said that he was really trying to get the lead in Life of Pi when they made it in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he wouldn't, he like traveled to India to learn the regional accent for that specific area. He spent time with tigers. He was regularly talking to the author of the book, Jan Martel, and he still didn't get it. Oh man. And I wonder how much of it was because they're like, we can't have Kevin Nepore from Mean Girls playing this heavy role, which is really short-sighted because if you think about how so many of the other actors AKA the white actors uh, in this movie moved on to amazing, incredible things. And, and Rajiv just got stuck. I wonder, I was going to say, I wonder if he's quit acting now. I feel like if he came back now, um, maybe he would have a second chance at being casted in some things, because I also feel like thankfully Hollywood is starting to expand its idea of a leading man Mm -hmm. into, uh, other colors of people that aren't white. <laughs> I yeah, I know like recently, what was it last last year 2023, he came out. Mhm. Um which I think is really not funny like haha, but like all the all the lead actors, all the lead male actors from Mean Girls have all come out. Yeah, Jonathan Bennett, uh aka Aaron Samuels. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Bennett, um the actor who plays Damien like officially came out, I think in 2014 was what I read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The actor that played Kevin, uh, math enthusiast slash badass MC. <laughs> that business card always cracks me That's up. That's why Kevin's my favorite. 
Yeah, and that rap song he sings at the talent show. Yes. And then they're like, that's enough, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, I love, he's really funny in that movie. And then I think Tim Meadows is so fucking funny in the movie. He's just like so good at like deadpan joke delivery. Yes, always has been. Yeah, it's just, he's one of my favorite parts. And I was reading, I never knew this. I read this like trivia fact because you know how like uh, you see his character in the beginning and he has like a cast on his hand and he says something about how he got like carpal tunnel. Mm -hmm. I read that like in real life, Tim Meadows had like injured his hand or his arm. And so he was actually in a cast. So they sort of wrote that into the movie to explain why he had a cast on his arm. (laughs) You mean he wasn't going to say that Kieran Culkin beat him up? Yeah, that's so funny. Pedro Pascal. Pascal. I love him so much. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen, uh, at the Golden Globes, Pedro Pascal was presenting for Best Supporting Actor. Mm -hmm. And his his arm was in a sling, and he says that it's not his arm, it's his shoulder, and he's like that because Kieran Culkin beat the shit out of him. (laughs) And it's just a really funny moment. If you have it is, even though earlier on a uh, on a red carpet, he was he was very like he was like, I fell. Be careful. It can happen to anyone. <laughs> so I do want to um, just give a little bit of background. I know we're pretty deep into the episode at this point, but Mean Girls, if you haven't seen it, we're sorry. Uh, you've been listening to a lot that you might not understand. Uh, but Mean Girls is essentially about a um, a new student, Katie Heron played by Lindsay Lohan, who shows up at her new high school, um, which is in our area. It's it's supposed to take place in Evanston, uh, Illinois. And uh, she shows up into her into her new high school and starts navigating the cliques and groups and alliances that happen in a high school and ends up finding herself kind of part of this group that's the Mean Girls, you know, the Plastics, that's what they're called by other people, um, which is led by Regina George, played by Rachel McAdams, uh, and includes Gretchen Wieners, who is another actress that we don't see very often anymore, Lacey Chabert, and uh, Karen Smith, who is played by Amanda Seyfried. So she navigates this while she's also finding that her real friends are people like Janice Ian, played by Lizzie Kaplan, and Damien, played by Danielle Franzesi. Franzis? Yeah, I'm not sure. Good question. Daniel, call us (laughs) and let us know how we pronounce your last name, please. Um, And, you know, there's like a whole bunch. It's pretty much like the SNL cast shows up throughout it. So you get Tim Meadows as a teacher. Uh, Amy Poehler plays Regina's mom to just an iconic T. Tina Fey is a teacher at the school. She's also the woman who wrote the movie. She wrote the screenplay. The Mm -hmm. movie is actually based on a book by Rosalind Wiseman. And the book is followed up by another book called Mean Moms, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew I knew the original book. It was like it was called like Queen Bees and Wannabes. I think so. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's, oh, Anna Gasteyer plays Katie's mom, you know, so it's it's kind of like Tina Fey made a movie and called all of her friends, and and they all showed up for it, and it became sort of this iconic uh, teen, teen comedy for the early 2000s with uh, bits like On Wednesdays We Wear Pink, uh, I'm, not a re- I'm Not a Regular Mom, I'm a Cool Mom. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there are certain things that I like, I look back and I laugh at because like the whole talent show bit where they're dancing to Jingle Bell Rock. Mm-hmm. It's like a very suggestive dance. That's how it felt watching our Palm Squad dance during like <laughs> pep rallies. Like 
yeah, that same kind of like, hmm, that's a, that's like, I don't know how I feel. Like looking back, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about like watching 14, 15, 16 year olds do that. Even though yeah. I'm 14, 15, 16 year old myself. I think it's funny because I know I was still very aware of the joke that like, oh, these girls are dancing like strippers mm-hmm. <laughs> for a school talent show in front of everyone's parents. Like even at 16, I picked up on that. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I was also going to say not an SNL cast member, but an extremely funny person. Neil Flynn plays uh, Katie's dad. Yes. Yeah. And my my favorite Neil Flynn fact is he so he was on Scrubs. Did you ever watch Scrubs? I've seen episodes. He was a um, janitor in Scrubs, wasn't he? Yeah. So he was a janitor and like pretty much he never had any dialogue written in the scripts. Like he would just improv around like what the other actors' lines were. So it mm-hmm. would be it would be like written like like Zach Spraff character who I JD. I was like, why can't I think of his name? Like JD's line. And then following that, it says Neil says something funny. And then it would be like next line. <laughs> and I was a lot like, of it was just Austin Chops. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. And he does have some of the weirdest, funniest lines in that show. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I caught on to, and I never thought about this before. So there's that like really iconic scene in the beginning where um Janice Ian plays it played by Lizzie Kaplan takes Katie sort of under her wing her and Damien and they're educating Katie on the social hierarchy of the school or the cliques of the school Mm -hmm. and there's like a map that was drawn and then the camera is sort of swinging around to all the different lunch tables and I was like this really mirrors the movie Clueless because when Ty Brittany Murphy's character first enters uh, Bronson Alcott High School and Cher and Dion take her under their wing. Cher is walking Ty through the quad and pointing out all the different social groups and who they are to mm-hmm. her. Um, I thought that was like a fun throwback. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, I think we've probably seen it even before that and after that, too. It's sort of like, OK, here's the territory is what you need to know. Yeah, like I there's a book I read for my thesis called Why Are the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria? I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it fits in with what I'm I'm studying and what I was researching. So, yeah. But I I, anytime I think of that, I think back to this mean girl, that mean girl scene where they're going through like there's the black kids. (laughs) I know we definitely sort of had a version of that at our school because like I went to a school that was like very small, especially compared to your high school. And we had sort of like one big giant quad area in the middle of our high school. And that's where everyone would hang out in the morning before bell rang. Mm -hmm. And it really was like there really were like you could see the groups like all the rednecks and like the jocks were on like one side. There was like the skater punks area. There were like all the black kids together, which wasn't many of them because I went to high school in the South. Then, like, I remember I usually was with all the, like, drama kids and the nerdy kids. So we were all in the drama room, which was, like, a classroom that was, like, right off that lawn area. But, yeah, I kind of, I was, like, I can kind of see it in my mind where it was, like, different friend groups sort of copped out a spot that they would hang out at in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and actually, I just looked up the the line because you're right. I mean, like the book that I read is is a lot deeper than just 
the <laughs> dynamics of a high school cafeteria. Yeah. But it, it comes down to, you know, trust. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's what my thesis is on. Um, <laughs> but, you know, trust and feeling welcome and feeling included. So, uh, and it's really interesting how it reflects. Remember, this is written by Tina Fey, a white woman who now like looks back at a lot of her writing and is like, hmm, that's uncomfortable. I shouldn't have done that. And she's been pretty open, especially on this most recent press tour. I would have loved to see her be that open outside of a press tour for a movie that she wrote mm-hmm. um, because she's really just truly trying to sell something. But um, the way that she phrases it uh, in the quote is, you got your freshmen, ROTC guys, preps, JV jocks, Asian nerds, cool Asians, varsity jocks, unfriendly black hotties. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> girls who eat their feelings. Ouch. But again, everyone's a mean girl, right? So Ian, uh, Janice Ian's the one who's saying this. So she's right. fulfilling that mean girl side of herself too. Girls who don't eat anything. Desperate wannabes, burnouts, sexually active band geeks. Yes, I know that group. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that joke is a carryover from American Pie because it's not that far separated from the original American Pie movie and how it was like, oh, yeah, everyone in band is super horny all the time. Mm-hmm. I was never in band, so I can't say. <laughs> I hung out with all the band kids. And yeah, there was definitely the side of the band room that was the sexually active band geeks. Yeah. I always say that about church camp. I'm like, the surprising thing about church camp is everybody's looking to hook up. <laughs> my lord no pun intended it's mm-hmm. because I, like i don't know what it is about church camp that just like turns everyone on mm-hmm. <laughs> but i just remember like everyone wanted a camp boyfriend i even had camp crushes when i went to church camp so mm-hmm. i wasn't trying to bang any of them i was very innocent and serious about waiting until marriage at that age so talking about uh Tina Fey sort of like correcting some of the things that she's she felt like she misspoke or she's learned more or whatever since then because I do think a lot of the movie I think there are a lot of good like feminist points in the movie Mm -hmm. it's feminist but I I wouldn't necessarily say it's like intersectionally feminist am i i I was like did i adverb that right it's a a pretty white cast i mean there are i don't know i do laugh when (laughs) Katie comes in. There are two things that that are funny. Katie comes in after being with her parent, you know, being with her parents in Africa. And Tina Fey's character says, We have a new student from Africa and turns to the one black girl in the group. And she the, that student goes, I'm from Michigan. And, and so, she- like that, that in itself, I'm like, okay, that's that's funny and prescient. Um, but then later on, Karen asks uh, Katie, if you're from Africa, why are you white? And Gretchen mm-hmm. has the best follow-up line ever. Oh, my God, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. Yeah, I like I know those might be like cringe jokes, but I also think it's like a comment on like, you know, how internalized racism can make you assume things. Yeah, I that's definitely like the commentary that was made for Tina Fey. I think Gretchen, what's so funny about that line from Gretchen, oh my God, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white, is it feels so much like talking to a chronically online Gen Zer that didn't do the homework. Yeah, because she also has a line a little bit later when they're talking about like the boy that Katie likes. And she's like, oh no, that's Regina's ex-boyfriend and you can't like him. That's just the rules of feminism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, 
Yeah, but <laughs> one of the things I was going to bring up that I really like the commentary on is uh, I wrote the note Halloween sluttiness. Ah, um, yes. Yeah. Which I, I remember hearing the like, because part of the story is like, Katie grew up in like a different environment. So mm -hmm. she's not really used to sort of the societal standards of like the American teen. Um, well, and at one point, like even like the little things, like at one point, Regina's like grilling her about growing up in Africa and being homeschooled. And Katie's like, yeah, that's what happened. And, and Regina's like, shut up. And Katie says, I didn't say anything. Yeah. She's like, she doesn't even like really understand the slang. Mm -hmm. But um, the lesson that she learns is um, Halloween is the one night of the year that women can dress. Slowly. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's like, I know I've made fun of how, like costumes are always like sexy version of this, you know, when you go to like the costume, like the spirit Halloween and they have all those like packaged costumes. Mm -hmm. It's like sexy fireman, sexy doctor, sexy marine biologist. Mm -hmm. um, or Karen, I'm a mouse. Duh. Yeah. She even says like, I think the hardcore girls really just wear lingerie and like some animal ears. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember... I had a couple Halloweens, not when I was in high school, but when I was in college, where I was like, I want to wear the slutty version of a costume. I went as like a slutty Red Riding Hood one year. Mm -hmm. I did scary makeup, but I wore the like the sexy girl outfit. Mm -hmm. And like, honestly, the fact that it is like, it's the one night in a year where I can dress like a hoe and no one can say anything. Like, I'm going to take advantage of that. Honestly, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, especially if I'm uh, like as someone who doesn't normally show off her body a lot. Yeah, I mean, I have. Yeah, I don't know. I watch those like, like clips that people put on Instagram of like this year's sexy Halloween costume that never needed to be a sexy Halloween costume is a sexy parking cone, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those are definitely funny or like this. Those is are more just humorous. I mean, at some point, don't we recognize that sometimes it's just about the irony? <laughs> yeah. Like, sexy hot dog. Mm -hmm. Sexy banana bread was this past year. Sexy banana bread. Oh, my gosh. That reminds me. I need to make some banana bread. I have so many bananas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like that's 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 an interest. Like, yeah, because I mean, it's still happening, especially in 2004. Like that was that was a critique and 2004 feminism was still kind of struggling i'd say it's still struggling i think that yeah. we're still figuring out our footing on it well um, there's also a line in the movie i'm trying to think of it so i don't have to paraphrase it that much where it's like i think tina face says it where it's like we're calling each other sluts and whores which makes it okay for guys to call us sluts and whores yeah. or makes guys think it's okay the term bitch is another one yeah, and I was thinking about that because I've been re-watching a favorite show of mine from 2006 called Ugly Betty with America mm -hmm. Ferreira. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot in that show that hasn't aged super well. But one of the things that I really noticed was Betty, America Ferreira's character, calls girls that she doesn't like. She refers to them as sluts. Mm -hmm. she like there's a girl there's uh, a part in like season one where the guy she likes gets back together 
with his ex-girlfriend and i think she says like something like he's dating that slut again and mm -hmm. it's like ooh, well okay. yeah, Par paramore stopped doing misery business because of the line um once you're a whore you're nothing more so yeah. like i mean it was it was a weird rough time like i'm and going through the quotes in this movie just sort of remind me of other like little things right like mm -hmm. regina uses the r word a lot <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a mean girl, so it makes like it fits. But and and two thousand four, yeah, that was the unfortunate situation of language. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are other things like I don't know. They they like have um the two Vietnamese students who in the burn book like find out that they there was like in the burn book they said that Trang Pak and Sun Jin Din both made out with coach car and i'm just like oh that's a really bad stereotype about teen asian american women like mm -hmm. or teen asian american girls not women and then of course they start fighting because and calling each other sluts so yeah i don't yeah i mean it was a weird time 2004 was not our best year for feminism i don't think no we we were still learning we're still learning now but we were well, definitely I, why I'm, I am somewhat interested by what they've done with the new one yeah i i'll probably see it i don't think i'll go to the theater and see it but i'll probably stream it at some point i might pipe pop it on you know on a afternoon when i don't have anything else to do and speaking of trang pak and was it sujin kim mm -hmm. I forget the other character's name fighting like immediately fighting over coach car <laughs> the adult Which isn't man. that the, the guy who says if you have sex you'll die you'll get chlamydia and die yeah oh my god that's another joke i love he says if you have sex you'll get pregnant and die yeah, and then later on yeah. he says if you have sex you'll get chlamydia and die and i think it's so funny that he that whoever wrote that line chose chlamydia because chlamydia is like the one sti that's curable yeah <laughs> you're not gonna die from that one but I also, you know, the sex education that I received in high school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't do this because you're going to get a horribly disfiguring disease and die. Yeah, no, I had a teacher who went off script and pretty much uh, espoused her view on that as well as her view on how abortion is horrible. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was an interesting freshman year health class. Good, good. I don't remember ever talking about sex and babies in health class. Like it was always, it was always the fear mongering of STDs, which yeah. rightfully so, but you know, it was like, just don't have sex abstinence mm -hmm. and you won't get gonorrhea. Yeah. 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 I think it's like one of the reasons that like some of these girls are so mean to each other and kind of the whole feud with like Katie starts against Regina and the plastics is over a boy. Yeah fighting over guys and i know mm -hmm. that was the cause of a few of my mean girl moments both giving and receiving was fighting over boys in high school mm -hmm. which feels so silly now but yeah did you ever did you ever fight with a girl or a friend over a guy when you were younger no <laughs> no okay. honestly um i that was just not even on my radar i had very, like i had my crushes Mm -hmm. But they were all so out of the stratosphere for me <laughs> socially that I was never at risk of pissing anyone off for having them. Mm, gotcha. Because they were also never reciprocated. I will say there Same. was, there was, yeah. So like, it didn't really matter. I will say there was one situation 
that a f- because a friend of mine and another friend of like had the same name as me, there was a miscommunication that happened mm-hmm. that one of my friends had like a one friend. I'm not going to, I'm going to use pseudonyms because I don't know who listens to this podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I had, I, I blame my poor SAT score on the drama that had happened the Friday before I went to take the SAT, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where a friend of mine told me that one of my dear male friends wanted to ask me to prom Uh as he had told her that he wanted to ask Kate to prom, but he had meant our other friend, Kate. Oh. And so she had decided this would be the greatest thing ever. And so she was doing all the things to Uh make this. And so I started freaking out because I was like, I don't see this person as someone that I'd want to go to prom with. What do I do? Uh Um, And so that was that was the biggest drama I can think of over a boy. Like even when like in in senior year, I was like, I'm going to ask my friend Noah to prom as a friend. Mm -hmm. And I told my my one friend Jackie that and she was like, I have she she got really nervous. And she was like, I was going to ask him to Mm. go to prom as a friend. And I was like, oh, do it. Like, go for it. I don't (laughs) care. Like, this is not even worth my energy like you're fine yeah I you know what I had something like kind of similar happen to me I don't remember if I've told this story on the pod before or not if I did it was a long long time ago or like many episodes ago I like I had a similar like miscommunication thing happen but it was with a boy I did actually have a crush on he messaged me on AIM AIM and we were chatting like every night here and there for like a good week mm-hmm. and so my screen name when I was in high school was just sweetie k and then some numbers so he thought and I was like oh my gosh I'm so excited like maybe we're we're totally talking because I remember like in teen like if you're talking to a guy that's like pre-dating mm-hmm. um, or pre-official so I was like we're totally talking like I wonder if he's gonna actually ask me out soon like you know, whatever. I'm so excited. And then he, I forget exactly how the plot twist happened, but it turns out the entire time he thought he was talking to this other girl in our school, Kristen. Oh no. And I was like, oh my God, it's like a Cyrano de Bergerac situation, but no one knew what was going on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it broke my heart because this Kristen girl, so pretty. And like one, and she was very sweet. She was somebody mm. like I knew and liked. I would never yeah, refer like to her a as nice a slut. person, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn it. Oh. But um, no, my biggest, I witnessed some pretty aggressive fights over dudes. I was involved in sort of one, honestly, like, was it? No, it was senior year of high school. My biggest one was I was friends with this girl and there was a boy we were all in drama club together there was a boy who had a crush on her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then she did not have a crush on him she did not feel the same way and so kind of broke his heart a little bit and then he and I started hanging out and then we developed a crush on each other well as soon as like she saw that he was paying attention to me oh yeah she decided that she liked him. So then they ended up actually dating. 
and like going out, becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. And it just like broke my heart. And then like, and then the worst of the worst is he found out that I had a crush on him. Like, yeah. And everyone found out and it was this whole thing. And I know if Brandon's listening to this right now, probably he knows exactly what I'm talking about because he was there (laughs) for all of it. And like me and this guy were like leads at a play together. Like at the time, like theater kids that. Yeah. I remember a lot of drama about guys in the theater. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it's crazy too. Cause we only had like so many guys in the theater department and then like two of them were gay. And then like the other ones were kind of like figuring out themselves and not necessarily figuring out themselves, but not necessarily attracted to, uh, not n- attractive to high school girls. Got it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we were like romantic leads in the play and like we had to kiss and stuff in the play and like and then it was just oh my god, it was all shades of awkward and terrible. And like, you know, when it was happening, it was the worst fucking thing in the world. Now oh, I look right. back on it and I'm like, listen to this silly story from when I was in high school. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I remember there was drama when we did uh it was the last play of my senior year. There was drama because there was a rather popular guy in senior year that tried out and got the role of Teddy Roosevelt because we were doing um, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. And there's a cousin, Teddy, who thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. And Uh this guy was incredible. He was so good. And (laughs) he had never done theater before. And I remember during like, we we wouldn't call it senior. We called it senior prayer, but it wasn't really prayer. It was just like the because we were public school it was really just like stand in a circle and talk about what the theater has meant to you over the last four years of your life and he was like kind of blindsided by this because like all of us are seniors that have been in the theater for the last four years and he had just mm-hmm. done one show and he like gave this really heartfelt like speech about how his brother had, like he had always wanted to be in theater but his brother told him if he was in theater people would think he was gay so he didn't want to be and he finally decided he would try it in senior year because someone told him that he should try out this like and I remember that like, we were all crying we're like we we love you like let's unpack that whole it's a problem if people think I'm gay thing but like for right now like like we mm-hmm. love you we're glad you're here um but I remember the big drama was that I guess his girlfriend who he ended up marrying and is still married to from what I know thought that he had tried out for the play because he had a crush on one of my friends who was in theater Oh, and it got worse and worse because like he and my friend were like pretty, you know, they were like chummy in class and stuff. They would talk and they sat next to each other in a couple of classes just by seating chart arrangement because of last name. Mm -hmm. So like they just naturally became kind of friends. And I guess like his girlfriend, they they like broke up briefly because of this. And I remember my friend was just devastated because she thought she had done something. And she was like, I just ruined like this three year relationship because he tried out for a play and she thinks it's me. And I'm like... Now looking back, like I was again very far removed. I remember like helping that friend when she was like crying about it once. Mm-hmm. But like I was like, this is really dumb. <laughs> I was like a 50-year-old woman in high school. I was like, this is all stupid shit. Why let me just get my AP t- test done? Let me graduate and let me get out of here. That's yeah. I you know what the funny uh the funny part I was well, I was gonna say, I was like, did he actually figure out that he was gay? Did he come out? Um oh, from what I know, he's still married to that girl he broke up with briefly. 
or broke up with him briefly in, in high school because she thought he had tried out for a play because he liked somebody. Oh, yeah. Well, that's sweet. I hope they're happy. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. I, I have no way of knowing. I'm not like I'm not connected. I just I remember when the like someone mentioned to me like years ago, they're like, oh, yeah, they got married. Yeah, I know. So the girl in that I was fighting with in my center of drama later that year got into another I watched this unfold where so she was dating my crush Mm -hmm. and then there was this other guy that had joined drama who she had had kind of a strong flirtation with we'll say before she started dating her boyfriend Mm mm-hmm And that sort of carried on. So that pissed off her boyfriend all the time. And then, but then there was also another girl on the other side of it that was trying to uh, date flirtation boy. And they kind of had a thing together. It was this weird, it wasn't even like a love rhombus. It was like a love like hexagon because then I was also still off to the side where Whenever my friend would go flirt with this other boy, her boyfriend slash my crush would be like, oh, let me go pay attention to Katie again to like piss her off. And I would eat it up because I'm like, oh, good. He really is in love with me. You know, this is a whole stupid, such high school drama. So Degrassi. (laughs) (laughs) But moving on from that gossip, one other sort of like feminist point that I like that the movie makes is about girls playing dumb to get boys. Mm, mm-hmm. And I had totally forgotten about this bit until recently. There's the scene where just to be able to talk to Aaron Samuels, Katie decides she's going to pretend that she doesn't know what's going on in math so she can ask him about it. Right. Even though she's like a mathlete, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because, like, she's asking him, like, you know, what is what does this mean? Like, I'm confused, like, blah, blah, blah. And then he's giving her answers and her voiceover. She's just like, wrong, wrong again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, really, it's like she could have been like, hey, do you need any help? Like, I'm really good at math or, you know, to, like, initiate that conversation or something. But instead, she decides to be like, Oh, I'm dumb. Can you help well, yeah, me? We're, <laughs> women are told not to be too intimidating for men. It's it comes up in Barbie, right? The whole pre- the whole premise at the end of them getting the Kens, like mm-hmm. oh yeah, 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 is, is by them like acting dumb. Yeah, like I don't know what a Roth IRA is. Can you explain this to me? Or mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite is always like. Can we watch The Godfather and can you talk through the entire thing? (laughs) I love that one. I also like when he's like, well, you need to get CDs. CDs? No one listens to those anymore. Yeah. (laughs) You know what, though? Honestly, that whole conversation in Barbie was like, I I was like, man, I really do need to learn more about money and how to manage my (laughs) money. And I actually started doing that last year. I started listening to this other podcast to shout it out. It's called Financial Feminist. And I've learned so much from it, (laughs) but I don't, I can't think of a time that like I ever dumbed myself down or anything to like impress a guy or in order to talk to a guy. I know I definitely was aware that I was supposed to do that and I just could never bring myself to do it. I don't think that message ever got through to me. 
Um, yeah. I remember one guy I had a crush on asked if I had seen Watchmen because Watchmen had come out in my senior year and mm-hmm. that was a traumatic movie going experience because <laughs> I went with the guy that I eventually asked out to prom and I knew I wanted to ask him to prom. Mm. And so, yeah, no, I, I never got the message. Uh, and so when he asked me, what did I think of Watchmen? I went off on, well, if you've read the graphic novel, <laughs> then you may really enjoy it because it's like T for T, like frame for frame, the graphic novel in a lot of ways. But if you haven't seen the graphic novel, I'd say it's really long. And I like, I just did a full film analysis while talking to this guy. And I watched his, like in real time, watched his eight eyes glaze over at the end. He was like, so did you like it or not? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why you want my opinion. Like since when? Uh, so yeah, that's when I learned that like, mm, maybe they expect you to dumb down. I don't know. I, I for it never connected in my head. I always wanted to be as smart as the guys I was talking to. Yeah. Well, and like that sort of also plays into like, oh, you're not like other girls. You're actually smart. Yes. Or like guys I would say I was like- much more a victim of the you're not like other girls syndrome than I need to be dumb for this guy to pay attention to me oh yeah me too like absolutely 100 i was a i'm not like other girls like i even tried to be like i'm not like other girls i'm not into all the drama which aforementioned stories <laughs> show that <laughs> that was not true <laughs> and like i i now that you say that i'm like i don't want people to think that all of my comments about not having mean girl drama or drama over boys in high school was me being that way maybe it was because of that but like honestly I look back and I could not tell you like any drama over boys that I was involved in I knew of friends who were having drama but I was just like I don't have time for this (laughs) yeah I definitely I think like those stories I just told were definitely drama situations I was actively participating in but I do remember a couple situations where like people were trying to pull me into things and I was just mm, like I don't mm-hmm. care I don't have time I avoided those <laughs> like the plague and eventually friends got it through their heads that I was not going to be the person to get pulled into the drama yeah mm-hmm. wait so quick question because you were saying like all of your crushes were unrequited when you were in high school did you ever have a boyfriend while you were in high school oh god no I didn't even have one in, high- in college okay yeah same like I never had a boyfriend in high school. I dated guys in college, sort of, or hung out with guys, but I never actually had like a serious boyfriend until later on in my life. Yeah, same. But uh, <laughs> so no, I was actually thinking like what you were saying about the not like other girls. It's really mm-hmm. interesting because in this movie, Katie is not like other girls and her big goal is to be like the other girls. Yeah, she realizes that she doesn't fit in. And she sees that as like a weakness that she needs to work on rather than like a strength that she can cultivate. Yeah. Fitting in for her is her survival method. Mm -hmm. And like, I know she does the whole bit like of watching animals in Africa Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of pulling from that experience. But like, yeah, I mean, the whole I, I just think it's really interesting that she she actually finds her strength in not being like the other girls, which maybe that's the message that Tina Fey is trying to send. Because if you read her book, you know that she wasn't like other girls when she was in high school. But, you know, like she she's like a mathlete and she's very pretty and also, you know, has a good heart, I think, for the most part. But she gets sucked into this mean girls situation. And so yeah. she has everything that would be pointing to someone who would want to be like 
Uh, I'm not like other girls when it comes to like Aaron Samuels. Like this, this is something that makes me stand out. You should like me. Um, but she doesn't. And I think that's just like an interesting like switch up from, you know, she's all that and all of the other ones that the whole thing is for him to see the not like other girls girl is, you know, the one for him. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think he's a dumb high school boy. Oh, 100%. Because he still dates Regina, even though he knows she's a bitch. It's like clearly the only thing that she really necessarily has likable about herself to a guy is that she's hot. Mm hmm. But I think that, like, Katie sort of feels like she's not like other, like, she's not like the plastics and therefore better and better than Regina in particular because she doesn't see herself as, like, a mean enemy. And, like, when her and Janice finally, like, have their fight outside the party, she tells her off and basically calls her out where it's like, Mm -hmm. you are a mean girl, you're a bit, Mm -hmm. and, like, you think you're not. She really... It's really, I guess in some ways, it's really a situation of a villain not seeing seeing themselves as a hero, you know? Like, Katie was definitely hit a point where she was becoming a villain, Mm -hmm. but she never saw herself that way. I think probably until that moment that Janice calls her out and then she does some Mm self-reflection. And she realizes that she doesn't like the person that she's turned into yeah well i think that we have uh run ourselves through mean girls all the way through (laughs) yeah oh we went a little long we went a little long we didn't bring up some of like the key jokes like uh four for you glenn coco you go glenn coco which uh that's based off of uh tina fey's brother's friend i guess yeah something like that (laughs) She's like, he's now stuck because he still has the name Glenn Coco and this movie has immortalized him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that uh, I yeah, it's an enjoyable one. I don't think I'm ever going to have to watch it again in my life unless I have a niece that really wants to watch it. He probably and then Maybe will. I would. But even then, like, I, who would want to watch this with their aunt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you and never for know. the record, for those listening, Bridget's not expecting. I'm just speculating. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't necessarily like sit down and rewatch it a lot, but you know, if it's in, the, if I, I do have it on DVD. So if I was ever in the mood, I could mm-hmm. pop it in. If it's on TV, you pop it on. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Shawshank Redemption. I've never seen that and I refuse to watch it. Well, but, but that's a story for another day, also kind <laughs> of involving girl drama. <laughs> so on that note, thanks for listening, guys. We, again, as I said, earlier we're not on twitter anymore but you can follow us on instagram or threads at sp cinema club definitely feel free to come there and tell us about your girl drama moments or your mean girl moments i probably post a lot more on threads consistently than i ever did on twitter because i was just getting so lost on twitter yeah i like that so you know we're building our community over there we're just moving our community over you know and uh yeah come join us there's room for everyone at the slumber party And invite your friends. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.